Matt Stapp, I'm tired. Me too. Tap and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your weary travelers here on this road of the 2020-2021 Texas high school football season from Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell Texas Football Insider and listening to this what is the season finale? Yes. Fine. You're you're done with us. This is it. And and here's here's the funny thing of, of Tep and Step, your premium high school football podcast. Um and here's the thing, Matthew. Um we're gonna do this. We'll release this January 10th. We'll probably get released January eleventh, right? Yeah. Uh it is a non-realignment year. Mm-hmm. As a result. Not real sure we're doing a February episode. <laughs> yeah, we may be taking the month off, and uh, you know, I may be in the process of uh, of going to Canada for a little while, so we may take the month off of February. We'll see. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But, I know, but here we are. Uh, so this is our going to be. Let me see. This is going to be episode number eighty-eight. I'm going to write that down. This is episode eighty-eight. Our preview episode. Um, let's see. Our preview episode was, oh, come on. Um, oh, that's not helpful. Greg, you big dummy. It'll be sometime in August. Our preview episode for the small schools was episode number. Oh, this is great radio. Um, it's really good. Let's see. You go in August. Come on. You dumb, dumb. Small schools. Where's the small? There you go. 58. So we're going to do 30 episodes of this bad boy during this podcast or during this season. You love it. 30 episodes. That's a lot. A lot. It's a lot of football. This is uh, 85 games for me at 56 different stadiums. And I have seen, uh, you know, now that making, making sure I make it to Friday and Saturday, but uh, I know it's 56 stadiums, 85 games, and. 147 different high school football teams. So, in essence, this year alone, I would have seen um, well over 10% of the UIL 11-man public schools play this year. In one That's year. pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, I mean, we need to get the exact percentage, 144 yeah. teams out of what is a little – it's like probably 12 or 13% of the teams. Yeah, I would say, and especially if you count out like the six-man teams. I mean, there's, I think yeah, the, the, the total number. Man. Yeah. Yeah. If you only do 11-man, I think it's like 1,089 or something like that. Like, we'd have to crunch the numbers, but um, it's impressive. And actually, I guess I can break some news here on this podcast. Ooh. Um, I'll be attending my first game of the season. All right. <laughs> I get some. Uh, Fox, Fox is going to be doing the um, pre-half, pre-and-half at least, uh, out there at the stadium and so i'll be there i'll be at at&t it'll be my first time out of stadium this season um, you'll enjoy it and- you'll, you'll be it'll be good good to have you know it, it's good to you know i remember when the first first time i went to it you know it was, it was good to be back out there so i mean I'm sure you'll sure you be happy i will i will have gone more than an entire year mm-hmm. between attending texas high school football games which is nuts for me yeah um but alas that is the case. We will. I will be there uh, in the flesh uh, alongside Aaron Hardigan, Coach Ken Purcell, CT Steckel, Rick Renner, the whole crew will be doing it. We will not have for those who don't. Uh, we will not have the big setup on the concourse. We will be mm-hmm. on the field. We'll okay. have like a little table on the field oh, and do so something there. Someone gets to go on the field. I do get to go on the field. I'm fancy. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. You are. So there you go. Uh, I will be. I will be there. And and yeah, we will be there to watch four. State championship games, the final four games of the 2020-2021 season in this week 21 of the season. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, this is your state championship preview edition. We're going to go through all four games. We thought about breaking it up into days, but we're like, why? So we're just going to power through all four and we'll talk about each and every one of them uh, in depth as you've come to expect 
it to be. And we're going to go in chronological order. So we will start, Matthew, 1 o'clock. By the way, yeah, and the UIL announced, if you missed this, they announced it was uh, mid last week-ish. Uh, thir- Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. They announced that the kickoffs are going to be at 1 and 7 instead of noon and 7. Um, so plan like your life. Yeah, it's a little I get an extra of hour of sleep, one less hour between games to kill. So it'll be good. Yes, most certainly. Um, anyway, we will start one o'clock on Friday afternoon in the 5A Division II state championship game as the Alito Bearcats go for historic title number 10 and because of the happenings on Tuesday can be the first and only team with 10 mm-hmm. state championships. Since Richland Springs lost to Balmeray in the 1A Division II state title game, denying them a 10th title, they will take on the Crosby Cougars. And let's start there for a moment. There are eight teams left. Is Crosby the closest thing we have to a surprise? Oh, for sure. I mean, this is a team that that didn't win their own district, um, was mm-hmm. relatively unheralded coming into the playoffs. And part of it was they got off to a slow start. You know, you look at you look at Crosby, you know you look at Crosby's schedule and they lose. You know, granted they lose to you know good people, but they really weren't talked about as, as a team that um, you know I think would really. When the playoffs started, I don't think we mentioned them much more as just a team that we thought could maybe go to two or three rounds deep at best. Well, and and it's funny. They just they got were, red hot in the playoffs. Yeah. So they, I've got the 2020 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football in front of me. Um, and we had them ranked 10th. It was mm-hmm. a bit of a projection pick because they were six and five the year, a year before last in 20, 2019, mm-hmm. but they brought back a lot. We liked what they brought back and we also liked kind of their draw. Like we thought that they were in a relatively manageable district, um, especially considering the way that things we thought were going to break in that district. Um, and in the end, um, look, you know, they, they did end up finishing second, although not to the team we thought they'd finish second to. We picked Barber's Hill ahead of them. Yeah. Um, second. Here's the to, funny thing. You look at, you look at how things break and you, you know, we talk, we look at comparing scores and things like that. This is one example of how score, comparing scores doesn't work. Cause Crosby loses to Nederland by five in the regular mm-hmm. season. Nederland loses to Fort Ben Marshall, what, 48 to nothing in the playoffs. Yes. And then, then the next week Crosby beats Fort Ben Marshall. So just tells sure. you matchups play a role in this thing. And, and I think Crosby has gotten hot at the right time. They got hot. They, 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 they played their best football of the, of the season really starting in that Texas high game and have kept it up for the most part um, since then. Now I got some concerns about Crosby going into this game because they, they looked really good on defense for the first two possessions against Liberty Hill. And in fact, yeah, we were watching that game on Texan Live. Dave yeah. Campbell's Texan Live now. Dave, um, yes. And the first two, you're right. The first two possessions, I even tweeted something. I was like, man, maybe they figured it out. Like yeah. maybe they've just got a schematic thing. Maybe they've just cracked the code. Maybe they got the right personnel, whatever. First two possessions. Then the third through 15th possessions happened. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> Liberty Hill gashed them and gashed them and gashed them. So. Um, that's a concern because Alito, I mean, this is an Alito team that, that is big and physical up front and, and, and make no mistake about this. This Alito team is not a, the dynamic passing team that you've seen when they've had a Bishop at quarterback. They still have Jojo Earl, but they really have a tough time getting Jojo the ball through the air. Um, they get Jojo involved more as a wildcat quarterback and jet sweeps and those kind of things. This is a t- this is an Alito team that relies on DeMarco Roberts and that big offensive line. Yeah. And for me, that's a big concern because Alito there it gets to be it's gotten to be points the, the last couple of weeks where Alito just says, "We know, you know what we're going to do and we're just going to run right at you and you can't stop us." Yeah. And that's and and so that's a good that's a good transition over to Alito because you know, I I think that you and I would probably put this in the category of a good Alito team. This is a good, obviously they're in a, they're in their fifth straight title game. They're obviously pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. I do not think this is going to be one of those Alito teams that is, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but the bar is so high there. This is not the greatest Alito team of all time. No. Um, this no. is a, this is a relatively flawed 
by Alito standards. Mm-hmm. So they're all, you know, uh, 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 Alito team. But the things they do well, they do really well, and they always do well. And that is most notably, I know we love to talk about Jace McClellan in past years and Jonathan Gray in past years and the Bishop brothers and JoJo Earl and DeMarco Roberts and blah, 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 blah. Dude, this is a team that wins up front, and that's why they're going to have mm-hmm. 10 titles at the end of the 48 minutes on, on Friday. I yeah. hate to be that jerk, but that's why. They win up front. Absolutely. They are, they are an elite offensive line and a really good defensive line. And both those, I mean, they got a couple of D one guys in that defensive front. I know they got a kid committed to North defensive end committed to North Texas. Uh, their D tackles are always solid Their linebackers are really good. I mean, this is, it's a solid Alito team. This, this is a very workman like Alito team. They're not going to, yeah. they're not going to flash and bang you or anything like that. You know, they don't have the, the names and the headline headliners like you usually see, but they're workman like they're brutally efficient. Um, I think defensively, especially in the secondary, they are absolutely flawed. And I mm-hmm. think if if Daniquez done, um, I think it's how you say it. It's, I think it's Daniquez. Yeah. I think Daniquez done is is a is hundred percent. Um, I think Dunn and Branch are good enough to hurt Alito in the secondary at times, but I just don't think that um, that that Crosby is going to be able to number one, run the ball well enough that Crosby does a lot of things with them. Um, they, they, they throw a lot of smoke and mirrors at you. They throw a lot of fake reverses at you and jet sweep action. And they try to get you yeah. out of position. It's not going to work against Alito. They're not going to get out of position. You're, you're going to have to beat them. And I just don't know if Crosby consistently can do it enough. And I don't think their defense is going to be able to hold up enough against that Alito running game. So um, do you know I think- how I would describe their offense? I would describe Crosby's offense as busy. It's a busy offense. Oh yeah, you look at them and, and there's guys going in motion. There's fakes. There's yeah. there's fake reverses, fake pitches. There's a lot going on there, and, and it's a lot of it's, there's a lot to try to distract you. Um, and I don't think Alito is going to get distracted. It takes a lot of eye discipline to beat them. That's what it is. It takes a lot of eye discipline, and the problem is that they're running into an Alito team that they are beatable. The defense is beatable. But it's beatable through the air. They do not let you run on them. Like that has always been a Tim Buchanan thing is we're going to stop the run. I know every Texas high school football coach, every coach in America says we're going to stop the run. But that's what they do is that they stop the run and their secondary is fine. I think part of it is because their best player moved over to running back into Marco Roberts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as a result, that that to me this poses to me a bit of a, a, a problematic matchup for Crosby across the board in this game, because I think that they're outmanned up front, plain and simple. Mm-hmm. I think Alito outmans a lot of teams up front. And I also think that they have the two, they have two dynamic player playmakers who can, who can break plays in Dunn and Reggie branch. But the problem is I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do that consistently enough to, to keep up with Alito because the other side of it is I'm just not sure how they stop Alito. Yeah. It's, it's it, it's gonna be a tough it's a tough chore for them. I I, I see Alito winning a thirty one to fourteen, thirty-eight twenty-one kind of game where they mm-hmm. kind of just hold Crosby to arm's length. Um Crosby may hit a big player too, but I just, just can't see enough uh to, to slow up Alito here. I, that's, I think, I think that's the Bearcats are getting the tenth title and and you know, we thought this was a year that, that, that Alito could, could could be beaten and they just really yeah. haven't done it. So well, and part of it is, look, you know, I, we can do a ton of post game after the after the fact, but like, I still would like to see Alito Ennis. I think Alito, I think Ennis had a bad had a bad night, you know, basically, um, uh, and and ended up costing them in a big way against Mansfield Timberview. Um, I still would like to see that, but in the end, Alito survives the gauntlet, and they're they they're at AT and T for Crosby, like. It's like unless there's something I'm just not seeing defensively, um, and maybe I'm just getting blinded by the fact that they got gashed for 500 plus rushing yards by Liberty Hill. But unless there's something that I'm just not seeing defensively, I have a hard time seeing them slowing down Alito any with any sort of consistency. Agreed. That's that's Agreed. that's where it comes down to it. So that's your first game. That's 1 p.m. on Friday at AT and T Stadium. We then matriculate to seven o'clock that night. And it's the 5A Division I state championship game between – it's the only – how about this? The only battle of unbeatens we have this week. Yeah, yeah, Um As the Denton Ryan Raiders take on the Cedar Park Timberwolves, I need to go back through our rankings. And I need to figure out when was it that 
it became apparent that this was the most likely state championship game in 5A Division One. I'm looking at rankings here. Do we have Cedar um, Park? Do we have Cedar Park ahead of Manville? Yeah, we had them ahead of Manville. That's on the that's November 23rd. We had them ahead of Manville. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's week 10. Yeah, I'm kind of going through our past rankings. I mean, when did they go up to number four, basically? Okay, you know what it was? I'll tell you when it was. It was in week eight. No, I'm sorry. I lied to you. It's week... No, hold on, because then they vaulted Richmond Foster. Okay, here it is. The first time that they they were the favorite to come out of the right side of the bracket was on October 25th. Okay. October 25th, that's the week 10 rankings. So that would be the week five rankings for the big schools. This is after they beat Austin Anderson, Richmond Foster. That's when they had a whole ton of trouble with Fort Bend Hightower. And we started looking at them and going, oh, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe Richmond Foster is a little bit of fool's gold. Um, that's the last, that's when it really became apparent. So you can talk about the fact that we've been waiting. I mean, Three months, yeah, <laughs> for yeah, this? Too, yeah. We, we we Cedar Park was the the pretty consensus favorite in Region Three, and and by the way, uh, speaking of Richmond, Richmond Foster, we may have seen the last of them for a little while. They're the cupboard is kind of bare. L- looking ahead to twenty twenty one, Richmond Foster yeah. probably not going to be ranked at all next year. So, uh, uh, that's, another, that's another note. But uh, yeah, I think whole... I think Richmond, I think F- Cedar Park. I mean, they they were the pretty much consensus favorite in region three and they, mm-hmm. they got pushed by Manville and they, and they, they got it done in the regional final. And then last week, you know, I was at the game, um, myself, half, most of the Dave Campbell's crew was there. Uh, cause pickle mm-hmm. and will were there as well. And uh, what we saw last Friday at beautiful Alamo stadium was a Cedar park team that, uh, that, that got off to a slow start, you know, that, that came out and Corpus Christi vets, their credit had a great game plan, hit, hit Cedar park in the mouth. I think Ryder Hernandez was a little off early in the game. And and vets took advantage of it, but but we saw a Cedar Park team that came out a different team in the third quarter and hit another level uh, in that Corpus Christi vets game, and, and they they just had a gear that Corpus Christi vets didn't have. They're going to need that gear for forty eight minutes to beat Denton Ryan, though. So and and that you know you you guys were all there. I was watching the game on Dave Campbell's Texan Live, and the, I'll I'll be honest, and I was flipping between that and the Crosby Liberty Hill game. I'll be honest, like through first half, I'm like, I was like, huh, really? This is, this is the team that's going to challenge Shen Ryan. This team that's having a ton of trouble with Corpus Christi vets, respect to Corpus Christi vets who came mm-hmm. out and I thought had a really good game plan in the beginning. Yeah. And they were able to get Carter center fits a great player. If you're, he, he's, uh, he's being under recruited. It's a great player for Corpus Christi. Vets. I, I like that kid a lot. Yeah. And, 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 but, but then you're right. They came out of the second half. Like somebody shoved a rocket up their ass. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to yeah. be I don't want to be graphic, but it's like they came out, shot out of a cannon, and and from that point, you like it was one of those things that like toward the end of the third quarter, you're like, how was this team ever trailing? Like what happened? Because they looked great. The offense woke up, the defense tightened up, and they looked apart. But you're right they they cannot they cannot afford. One minute, let alone twelve minutes, let alone twenty-four minutes of playing with their food type football when you're dealing with Denton Ryan, who last week did get pushed by Mansfield Summit. They kind of played with their food a little bit too. I mean, yes. let's you know, let, let's not heap all the the criticism yeah. on Cedar Park here because Denton Ryan, you know, they they were they they let a Mansfield Summit team that you know first off. Cr- like much like Corpus Christi vets, yeah. Credit to Mansfield Summit for getting there and, and for showing up and giving a good accounting of themselves. But Denton Ryan should have won that won that game going away, and Denton Ryan let Summit hang around for basically the whole game. You know, yeah. Cedar Park put put vets away by the end of the third quarter, um, the big third quarter run. Denton Ryan it, that that game was a doubt till about less less than five minutes left in the game. Um, now that was a little let's give little, some- little concerning there. It, uh, for, for sure. But in the same way that we gave Cedar Park credit for hitting the gas when it mattered in the second half, let's give Stitt Ryan credit in the second half or after went at when Summit closed the gap to one point. Then they go three 20, and out. 28-27, right? 28-27. Mm-hmm. And then Summit gets the ball. Yeah. And they've got the ball driving for the lead. Squeaky and at that, right point, there. at that point, let's give credit because – 
The defense bowed up. The defense and the special teams bowed up, and they came up with big plays, and they ran away from them. They they rattled off, I think, three quick touchdowns, and it was over from there. Um, and so, and that is to me the the the, the interesting thing here is. I got to be honest, man, watching Denton Ryan, that offense, it's only okay. Like, yeah. they've got some really phenomenal playmakers, but especially hey. if they're not running the ball effectively, that offense is only okay, man. Yeah, they they, they have great pieces, but the key for Denton Ryan is Kiori Hicks, the running back. I believe he's yes. committed to A&M Commerce um, and the offensive line. And that was the bugaboo for Denton Ryan in their loss last year in the state championship game. They could not run the ball, and their offensive line struggled in pass pro. I think their offensive line has improved in pass protection, and I think Seth Hennigan's ability, he's improved as a runner this year, has kind of offset that. But I I agree with you. If Denton Ryan's unable to run the ball, their offense is not going to click at the level that it should, and it's going to keep their defense on the field a little too long. And with the tempo and pace that Cedar Park plays with, I think mm-hmm. they can give Denton Ryan some trouble. Because, you know, you think about Cedar Park, and you think black rain defense, uh, low-scoring games. You, you think back to that first state championship when they beat Lancaster 17-7, to and they just had this lockdown defense. Yeah. This is not uh, – see, this is a, a good Cedar Park defense. This is an offensive-heavy team with Ryder Hernandez, and and he's got a quartet of really good receivers that can make plays. Uh, Josh Cameron, Gunnar Absek. Uh, Jake uh, Hestera, um, Tristan uh, Tristan Harvey, I think this is the other guy's name. Really good receivers that can- Cedar Park has. They can put pressure on you. So this is an offensive heavy team. And Dude, they they're the number Ryan down a little bit. They're the number three scoring offense in five AD one. Yeah, like they, I mean, they are they are an offensive team. Uh, now look, here's the thing about them is that their their defense. When they have gone up against some pretty high-powered offenses, most notably Manville, like they got lit up, like they yes. got torched a little yeah. bit. Man- Man- Manville. Now the thing is, Manville did that running the football. They didn't do that yes. throwing it around. They got they were they ran got behind their big offensive line and ran the football. So I think Denton Ryan's front seven is good enough to to make not but to get in Hernandez's face and put pressure on him. The, the, the thing that Denton Ryan's got to do is keep Hernandez in the puck because Hernandez is really adept at breaking contain, but when he, he scrambles, he scrambles to throw. Uh, I think in the Corpus Christi Vets game, he spins out of the pocket, runs to the sideline, and finds a guy wide open because Vets lost him in coverage. you got to right. keep Hernandez kind of contained, you know, box him in in the pocket and, and, and then try to kind of close down on him instead of letting him cont- escape. I think Denton Ryan can do that, and I think their front seven's good enough and their defense is good enough that where they'll be, they'll win the ball game. But I think Cedar, this to me, um, this might be the, the, this has a good chance to be the, the most competitive and most entertaining game of the four this weekend. I absolutely agree. And a lot of this comes down to whether or not Denton Ryan can come up with those non offensive splash plays because they did it last, you know, they did it and they've done it all year long. They've come up with big plays defensively, which Tavian Sanders, Bear Alexander. We're not talking enough about that kid. Mm-hmm. Dude, their big defensive tackle, uh, the the transfer from Skyline, right? Yeah, he, was, uh, he, he didn't play. He played JV at Skyline last year. Yeah, he, yeah, was at, he played he was JV at Terrell. Skyline. He played varsity at, at, as a freshman at Terrell and was, I think, the district newcomer of the year and then went to Skyline, was ineligible. But he's a four-star recruit. I mean, he's got offers from everybody. I mean, when, when Clemson and Alabama offer you, yeah. you're, you, you're good at football. He is a monster up front. And and a lot of this comes down to whether or not they can get those defensive and special team splash plays because they've gotten defensive and special team splash plays all season and even go back to that title game last year against Shadow Creek. What kept them in the game, right? It was special teams and it was defense. Like that's what did it. They came up with big plays when it mattered. Uh, That's what kept them in the game uh, with an offense that was pretty much shut down. So that's what's so interesting about this game. And let's also look, uh, <laughs> this is a premium podcast. Let's speak candidly. I think there's a big lemon booty factor here too. I think there's a big lemon booty factor because sure. Ryan has not played in a ton of close games. Okay. This, this past week they got pushed and they responded. They came up with a big game, but last, last year in the title game against shadow Creek, they got a severe case of lemon booty mm-hmm. in that game. 
and they almost came back and won it, but they were they there were times in that game where they looked paralyzed. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? mean. The moment was a little too big for them last year, you know, and, yeah. and, and they didn't play well. And they 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 were the favorites last year, even though you know, <clears throat> I did pick Shadow Creek in that game. But you know, not not to not to brag a little uh-huh. bit, but but. But here's the thing: they're they're the favorites again. All the pressure is on Denton Ryan in this game. I mean, yeah. everyone, pretty much everyone except Ish and you know. But, but ironically, Ish and Ashley both did pick Cedar Park, so we were yeah. the crew was split here. But outside of our crew, I think other than maybe a few people in Austin, the most of the state's going to pick Denton Ryan to win this game. So Denton Ryan, so Cedar Park's really coming into this game with, with as the underdog, and they can kind of just play loose and play and play free and see what happens. Let it let it rip. Yeah. It is a really interesting game, and I also think that for Cedar Park, you know, we haven't talked, you know, a lot of this comes down, my matchup to watch in this one is Denton Ryan's wide receivers, and their receiver core is so deep and so talented, and they're also big. Like, Mm -hmm. they're physically large, like Billy Bowman, Tavian Sanders, uh, Bailey, uh, Jaden Bailey, I think it is. They're large. And Cedar Park secondary is obviously very good, but they're smallish. They're smallish. And Mm -hmm. that's always how Cedar Park is. They're always a team that plays big, bigger than they actually are. And so my question is, can they match up with them? And look, can Seth Hennigan come through? Like Seth Hennigan was not good in that title game last year. He really wasn't. Like on balance, he wasn't. He has gotten better. He is noticeably better this year. But now comes the moment where he's got to prove how far he's come. Yeah, and he has a chance to cement his legacy. I mean, I mean, Denton Ryan, other than James Battles, you know, James Battle, no one, no quarterback that's come through there. You know, you know, they they Spencer Sanders never won a state championship at Denton Ryan. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so Hennigan's got a chance to cement his legacy a little bit here. And I I think I think a lot of the, the this this senior class for Denton Ryan that's been so good. Um, this, their their legacy's on the line in this game. I think they win it, but I, the legacy's on the line this week. I think you're right. Fascinating game. Fascinating game. Really interested. All right, that's Friday. That'll be the last Friday night game of the year of the season. <laughs> It'll be a Friday night game in 2021. But we will then move on to Saturday. And Saturday at one o'clock at AT and T Stadium in Arlington is the 6A Division II state championship game. Uh, or the 2012 state championship game, or the 2013 state championship game, or the 2014 state championship game, as the Katy Tigers once again <laughs> they can they do, do you think Gary Joseph would love to see somebody besides Cedar Hill in a title game? Would. Yeah, I think he would. Uh, and it's uh, it's it's the week we you know it's 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 a tradition unlike any other getting to hear <laughs> Gary Joseph complain about the state championships being at AT&T Stadium. Which it is. He, he will not be. He he is not pleased about that. I can guarantee you. He, he, there will be a comment or just a little a reference to it at some point this week. It's Cedar Hill. It's Katie. It's for the two six A Division two state championship game, and this is a really fascinating matchup. Um, uh, we we have done this before on this podcast, but we can now have another meeting of the Caden Salter Appreciation Club because. I mean, that dude is, I mean, he's, he's the guy he's He's not William. He's not William Cole. That's, that's an unfair comparison, right? He's not William. They're different players. They absolutely are different players, but you know what, man, that dude has the same swagger and the same ability to put on the Cape when they need you. And that's that's what he did last week against Geyer. That's what he did the week before against Rockwall Heath. That's what he's done all season long is he's put on the cape. It will take a lot more than just him to win a state championship, though. This is a Cedar Hill team that that doesn't have the offensive star power that past Cedar Hill teams have had. You know, Demarcus Lodge ain't walking through that door. Um, Aka Cedric Ware is not walking through that door. This is not an, you know, they don't have the big D one offensive line and they've had in the past. This is, uh, this is an offense with, with, a you know, I, I think Clemmer is committed to his, he's signed with New Mexico state. So he, you know, they have a D one receiver, but we're talking New Mexico state versus lodge who, who went to Ole Miss. Um, so they, they, they don't have the, the high end talent anywhere except at the quarterback position. Yeah. Salt, Salter's special because he, he 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 runs. He he throws a great deep ball. He's he's extremely elusive in the pocket. He's smart. 
He makes all the right reads. He makes all the right decisions, and he's a great leader. And that combined with with a really underrated Cedar Hill defense. When you go back and watch uh, that yeah. Cedar Hill Denton Geyer game, which I wasn't able to do live, thanks in FHS, um, because it just couldn't get you know their, their feed wasn't yeah. working. But if you go back and look at that game. Cedar Hill's front four especially dominated, and they were the reason Denton Geyer struggled so much. They completely uh, stifled the Geyer offense, Eli Stowers. And, and, and I saw Cedar – the time that I saw Cedar Hill in person, their front four was really nasty and really got after it. That's a really good Cedar Hill defense. And the matchup – their matchup against Katie's – because Katie – this is an old-school Katie team. Uh, yeah. you know, Katie, Katie gets in two tight ends, eye formation, one receiver a lot of the time, and they just line up and say, here we come, stop us. And mm-hmm. with Jalen and Seth Davis in the backfield and a great offensive line, this is a Katie team that, that executes at a high level. And I, that's the matchup to watch in this game is can Cedar Hill put – because Katie, Katie's offense is predicated on, on their sophomore quarterback, you know, Kate, Caleb Coger. Um, being in, in third and manageable situations, or, or when he does throw, it's it's because it's a surprise. They're running a play action on second and three, and they got guys wide open. Katie's Katie's going to struggle if you can get them in third and eight obvious passing downs. Um, so that that's the difference in this Katie team is is you know because of the of the young quarterback who had to come in when um, the previous quarterback you know had the disciplinary issues and left school. Um, Koger uh, he. He's more of a game manager at this level of his development as a sophomore. So they don't want him in those obvious passing downs because that's that's where he'll struggle. Yes, I totally agree with that. And that so so to me, first and second down are the name of the game for 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 Katie. Katie has got to be in third and two. Third and two, whole playbook's open. You know what I mean? You can do anything. Oh, yeah. Third and eight is not where they want to live. They cannot live there. And and that's going to be a real critical uh, moment there for Cedar Hill. But we haven't even talked about the other side, because when you think of Katie, like, yeah, you think of running game. Absolutely. But you also think of defense. And dude, dude, that defense is nasty. It's a really good game. Their best defensive player, uh, the defensive end, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, Malik Silla or Malik Silla? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's out for the year. He tore his ACL, I believe, Mm -hmm. uh, before the... I think he 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 the in the area around of the playoffs is when he got hurt. So they're doing it without one of their best defensive players. But you know, Katie's got the two corners, uh, Bobby Taylor Jr. and and the, the Washington kid who's, who's a sign of Florida State. That's K- Katie's got two corners who can lock it down. And yep. basically, what what Katie does on defense is they tell those two corners, you t- you lock down the outside receivers uh, everywhere else, and our nine are going to stop stop their nine. We, we, they make yep. it a nine. They make it a nine on nine game, and they feel like their nine are better. They, they just kind of get you in a numbers game because they can be so creative in the secondary because they have two guys who don't need any help at all. So now the safeties are able to come up and run support and make plays. Or if you try to spread it out, the safeties can come out there with the linebackers and double cover slots and really make it difficult on you to make to have anywhere to go with the football. So here's an interesting question. Has Cedar Hill played a great running team this year? They played Alito. In the uh, back in October, but yeah. a I think they had basically just moved to Marco Roberts to running back, so I don't want to put a ton. And it's a five A Division two team, so like mm-hmm. I don't want to put a ton of of uh, you know. But at the six A level, I'm not sure. I mean, they played Tyler Legacy, but I I think we can all agree that uh, and that's Jamarian Miller is that his name? Yeah, and Bryson um, Donnell. Yeah, but yeah, Tyler, they, I mean, they, Legacy had literally no like literally Cedar Hill could put nine in the box and dare Legacy yeah. to throw the ball. Correct. This is going to be like pretty clear, far and away, the best running game that Cedar Hill has faced and a big test for them. And then on the other side of it, for Katie, like it is worth mentioning that if you want to compare, uh, I mean, they have played great quarterbacks this year. Mm-hmm. They played Jalen Milrow, but they, yeah. they, they, lost. they lost that game. Milrow, right? Milrow and, the, and the Tompkins receivers were mm-hmm. able to, to to do some damage. So they were. Yeah. They also played um they also played um uh a Kyron Drones from Shadow mm-hmm. Creek. Now they got that now uh now the defense for Shadow Creek was overmatched in that game, but that's the, the those are the two highest scoring point totals that they've given up this year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they both give up 24 points. Now, here's the thing. Let's say, for the sake of argument, that Katie gets to 24, or that uh, that uh, uh, Cedar Hill gets to 24 points. Heck, let's round up. Let's go to 28. Let's say they get 28 points. Do you think Cedar Hill's holding Katie under 30? That's a great question. I don't... <sighs> I don't think Cedar Hill's getting 28, and I'm, I'm not sure they hold Katie under 30. That's a good. That's a great, great question. I'm not sure about that. I, I, I don't think Cedar Hill's going to – I like Katie um, yeah. in this game, but I, but I like them in a little bit more of a low-scoring game. I, I think both defenses are really going to shine in this game, and, mm-hmm. and I kind of like Katie in a game that, that I would probably, you know, I'd say, uh, you know, 24, 24-14, 27-17. Kind of in so, that, that kind of thirty, even thirty. I could see thirty-one twenty-one. Right. So, for what it's worth, the computer does have um, the computer has Katie as a ten-point favorite. They project something around the around the 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 uh, around twenty-eight eighteen. That's what the computer thinks. Something mm-hmm. about twenty-eight eighteen. Yeah. That so. that I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, Kate. I wonder if Katie's going to wear them down. And wear down, and and suddenly Jalen Davis and Seth Davis are going to be are going to get loose for for fifteen twenty yard runs like real backbreakers, um, but it's interesting. And also, hey, listen, Cedar Hill's got a home game, so there's that. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I want to be very clear. I like Gary Joseph a lot. He and I do not see eye to eye on this particular issue. Um, he, 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 he thinks that he, he does not like the fact that the game, that the state championship games are played at AT&T stadium. He has not been shy about that. No. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. It's a big game. Katie. Cr- going so they did beat Cedar. They, they, Katie has beaten Cedar Hill at AT&T stadium. So yes, look. they have 2012, right? Yeah. Yeah. They won. Yeah. They're t- they're one but in, then they one won in 2015. At it was an NRG. Yes. And that's when they pummeled Lake Travis. Although, like, again, and I'm not, I, I don't want to turn this into a, 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 a Gary Joseph slander fest because I do like Gary Joseph a lot. Um, but, like, that was also, I don't think where that game was played had any, you could play that game on the moon and I still think that Lake Travis gets launched into the sun. <laughs> yeah. That, K, that, 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 that KD team was special. That Katie team was ridiculous. So, anyway, we're off of that topic. We're off of that topic. We're off of that game. And we're down to the final game of the year. The final Texas high school football game of the season. We will round it all out seven o'clock Saturday night at AT&T stadium in Arlington as the South Lake Carroll dragons take on the Austin Westlake chaparrales for the six, eight division, very six, eight for the six, eight division one state championship game. And it, it sucks. It sucks when you have a game with no storylines. And, and so, and so, I mean, if you just want to give a pick, we can just be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, Yeah. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be a turd. Here it comes. I'm gonna be a turd. Todd Dodge versus Riley Dodge is to me one of the least interesting things about that this game. Now it's obviously super interesting, it's right? Story, it's a storyline for for the writers and journalists and TV stations Correct. to focus on. I have TV, all, the the fluff pieces are gonna be flowing this week, right? I do yeah. not find it determinative about who's going to win this game. Nah, um, I am a lot more interested. If you ask me like straight up what I'm a lot more interested in the coaching matchup or the quarterback matchup, it's not close. It's the quarterback matchup. Yeah. Uh, but it's obviously an, uh, an amazing story of uh, Todd Dodge coaching against his son, Riley Dodge coaching against his father. Um, Who do you and think, you know, Riley says his mom is rooting for him. So, Ooh, okay. Riley Riley says, "Mom, he goes, he goes. I'm blood. He's not. So, it's a great I'm, point. It's a great, it's a great sports point. It's a great point. So I, I give Riley kudos there. So <laughs> it'll it'll be fun. And and the one thing, and I I don't want to talk. I don't want to dwell on it too much because it's going to get talked to death the whole week. And 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 you guys come to this podcast for things that are that are that are beyond that. But the one thing I will say is, what do you do with a team on when you've got two teams that it's not just that there are no secrets between them. Like they, they run the same program. Yeah, a like, lot of, a lot of the coaches, there's, there's a lot of crossover between the coaches. I mean, you know, you gotta, you know, there's brother-in-laws, you know, Lee Munn, South Lake Carroll's defensive coordinator is, is married to Westlake assistant Boomer Collins, sister. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, you know, who else is coaching in this game? This will make you feel old, Greg. Jack Rhodes. 
Shut the hell up. He's an assistant at Westlake. Former Cameron Yo quarterback Jack Rhodes is an assistant at Westlake. So, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're old. Oh my we god. Are I'm so gonna, watched. I'm 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 turning off this recording and going to buy a coffin. Oh my yeah. god. Yep. Um Oh God! You just ruined my day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> a lot of these guys have worked together on staffs yeah. in the past. They all they know they they are they all know each other. They they there's no secrets here. And so now you get to play against one another for a state championship in the final game of the season. And let's start for a moment with here's here's a hot take: Westlake over North Shore is not an upset. Or if you have to call it an upset, it's a pretty mild one. Yeah, it's a mild That's a upset. Hot yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, the more and more that I thought about that, and, and I picked North Shore to win, but I mm-hmm. thought it would be a close game, and it really, I mean, it was. I mean, North Shore credit to them. They, they are they're minus three in the turnover margin against Westlake and lose by three. Dude, is that not the best compliment you can pay to North Shore? Which yeah. is Westlake played one of the best games we've seen in a long, long time. They were minus three in the turn. Uh, the North Shore was minus three in the turnover margin, and they were driving for the win. Yeah, and they had the ball, like, chance to win the game. I mean, Westlake had to go fourth down and goal to score the winning touchdown. So that that shows how good North Shore is, but it also shows Westlake's defense. That's the matchup I, I'm looking forward to. Is is Westlake's defense against the Carroll offense and Quinn Ewers? Yeah. Because you've got elite talent. Uh, the Nick Morris kid, uh, the Duke commit linebacker, uh, he moved in this year from Connecticut. That dude's a player. That that and that yeah. that front four that Westlake has is unbelievable, and and it's going to be really a good matchup against that Southlake offensive line. Which hey, credit to Southlake. I thought yes. last week against Duncanville's monstrous front seven, they did a great job. I mean, Owen Allen ran for 192 yards in that game. He which, was dude. That kid's a, that kid is a pinball. That yeah. kid. His balance, his balance is really impressive. I don't know what it is. I like. I don't. I. I. I should could probably look this up. I don't know how tall he is, but I wonder if he's just that right size where he's got that lower center. He's five ten. He's got that lower center of gravity where, mm-hmm. like, if you do not wrap him, like, because Duncanville was coming up and they were doing what they do to a lot of teams, which is they were laying the wood. And they're just like we're gonna we're gonna throw basically like a forearm shiver at you, and you're gonna go flying across the field. And he just starts pinballing off these guys, mm-hmm. and that was so impressive. And that to me is so critical because as good as Quinn Ewers is, Westlake's defense is too good to ask him to win it by himself. Uh, yes, that, like that they're too good. If you are one dimensional, it's over before the game starts. And, and I think that that's, in a lot of ways, that's what you saw from Westlake last week against North Shore is Demetrius Davis was not able to get the ball out. They, and, and, and in a lot, I mean, that, that was a virtuoso defensive performance from Westlake last week against North Shore. It was so impressive. And if you are Carol, I think... You, I think the less you, this is going to sound so weird, but the less you ask the number one recruit in the class of 2022 to do, the better the chances you're coming home with a ring. Yeah, you've got to be able to run the ball with Owen Allen, and then you've got to be able to protect Ewers. That way, yes. when, you, when you do throw it, Ewers is able to have a clean pocket and be able to progress through his reads. Because I think where you can hurt Westlake's defense is by throwing the ball down the field. But mm-hmm. North Shore could only do that they, they couldn't do that very often, and when they were able to do it, most of the time, Davis was off because he was pressured and rattled. He was he was not um, in a rhythm to throw the football. You know, the only he hit the one long pass for a touchdown or in the second quarter. That was really the only real deep shot that they completed. Mm-hmm. Everything else, Davis had receivers that were open, but because he was flustered, because he had people not necessarily pressuring him, but I think he, he almost heard footsteps, right? Because Westlake had been around him so much, I think he was just rattled a little bit. And it just wasn't comfortable. He was never comfortable in the pocket. And yeah. I think that's the key is can West, if Ken Westlake's defensive line make Ewers uncomfortable in the pocket? I mean, that's a, that's a heavyweight matchup, dude. Westlake's defense against Carroll's offense is a heavyweight matchup. But let's talk about the other side of the ball for a moment because 
I'm a little worried because Westlake's offense, by the way, here's some, here's some fun facts for you. Did you know that Westlake has both the number one scoring defense and the number one scoring offense in all of class six, a did not know that. Now, Part of that is the schedule as we talked about mm-hmm. last week, but there ain't no excuses now. Cause they just knocked off the King. Yeah. They just knocked off six. Uh, the, 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 they have the, they have the best win in the state. Absolutely. Okay? They do. <laughs> like now they have the, they have the best win in the state, which by the way, going to Katie to Houston and beating. <laughs> and I know that obviously look, Katie and, and Galena park are not close to one another, but basically to go to Houston and beat them in it, you know, beat them in their barn, beat them in their city. That's the best win in the state this year. No doubt about it. It's the best win in the state. Now, I will say this. Westlake's offense struggled. North Shore dominated. North Shore's defense kept them in the game. You know, you, yes. you, know, you take away, you know, Westlake, you know, you, you, they, kick, they kick a 48-yard field goal. So they, you know, they didn't, you know, they got, they got to the 30 and kicked the field goal. They get the short field off of the, off of the, um, the fumble, fumble return. return yeah. You know, so really, really they're, they're only two real you know the the, the, the game winning touchdown drive at the end of the game was a legit drive, and then the drive um, right before halftime, which I thought was the biggest score of the game. You know North Shore got got Westlake in a second and twenty five, and they break a they break a forty five yard run uh, to you know with their backup running back, their number two run, Knack Four is his name. Um, you know Zane Miners is their number one back, Knack Four the the, the decoy back breaks a 45-yard run and kind of sets them up on that scoring drop. Their offense, Kate Klubnick struggled, you know, and and I think Westlake's, Westlake's offensive playmakers leave a little bit to be desired. Um, and so that'll be interesting to see if Southlake's defense can put together another – because Southlake pitched a shutout against Duncanville in the second half. They shut Duncanville out in yeah. the second half. So it'll be interesting to see if Southlake's defense can keep that good momentum going because if, if they can, I think it keeps them in the ballgame. I think that's right. And so a lot of the onus is going to be on that Carroll defense to hold them in it um, in, in this game. Because look, it's now, and, and Carroll's defense is better, and we knew this would be the case because I think they only brought back one starter defensively, maybe, from last yeah, year's team. Young. Very young on defense. Very young. They are obviously better, but the numbers are not, you know, gaudy. They're the 97th ranked defense, scoring defense yeah. in, in, in 6A. This they year. went through some struggles early in the year. They, yeah, you know, but they've gotten better as each week's gone along and, and improved. Um, so it's it's a good defense now. It's not a not an elite defense, but I think I think you could you know if you if you consider the Westlake defense and the Carroll offense a draw, you know I think maybe maybe it comes down to the, t- the other two units. I would probably lean slightly towards Westlake's offense over Carroll's defense, but I think it's a close yeah. it's a close match. Uh, the whole game's close. The whole game's super interesting. Uh, the computer, the computer. One thing to remember is that the computer likes dominance, and so when you're the number one scoring offense and the number one scoring defense in the state, the computer's going to like that. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got Westlake by 15. That is too rich for me. By uh, this, this is a single digit game in my opinion. Yeah. Um, That's but a, a lot of this, but a lot of this game comes down to whether or not, like, what happens when this Westlake defense defense takes aim at Carroll. And, and that to me, you know, look, that's one of the things that I think is, is a, is a deep, like if there's an advantage here, when you've got that Tony Salazar coach defense going up against an offense that literally the head coach taught the other head coach, all of his tricks, (laughs) like you think Todd Dodge knows Riley's tendencies just a little bit. I would say so. And Mm -hmm. as a result, I think, and I don't, you know, I don't know the situation. I don't know what it is. I think Carol's going to have a couple of tricks up their sleeve. That's just, a, that's a just take. To throw something different. Yeah, I could see I that. I think I think that they. I, I the more I think about it, the more I wonder if they're going to have something, especially early in the game, to signal to the other side that says you don't know what we're doing. You don't. You don't. You you, you think, think you know, know, but you don't know. Yes, you know. exactly right. Yeah. That's what's so interesting. Uh, it's a fascinating game. It's a great way to round out. It is the, a great uh, way to close the season. Now, it's always great when you get the, when you get the the. We always say you know like 20, 2018 when North Shore and Duncanville played. It was awesome because the main event was the last game of the year. And yes. I think this year, I think I think it's safe to say, Carroll and Westlake is the main event, and it's the last game of the year. And so that, that's 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 the awesome thing about it. We'll be building up to that game. Do we do we disagree on any picks? I don't think we do. I've got I'm no. taking I've got Alito, Ryan, uh, Katie, and Westlake. Yeah, and I think uh, Ish 
Ish went with Cedar Hill and Cedar Park. He was very Which big. I on think the, it's big fair. On, big on the Cedars. I think he may have. Did he take South Lake too? I think he took. Yeah, he took Carroll as well. It, Ish was Ish was the one who went off the board this week. He he he's feeling he took, it. He took Carroll. So uh, and, and and Pickle, that's the thing. Pickle took Pickle took Cedar Park, but she agreed with us on, on the other three games. Well, and that's the other thing about this. Um, I would say. I think Alito is a pretty comfortable favorite over Crossbeam. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the other games, they're not coin flips. I think there are teams that are favored, but they, uh, it would not shock. It would, it would, it would shock me if Crosby beat Alito. Yes. That would shock me. But you know what? It would, uh, did it shock us when college station beat Alito a few years ago? Uh, that's exactly right. That's so exactly right. I'm just saying. Um, uh, but I would. It would shock me if Crosby beat Alito. It would not shock me if we, if any of the other six teams won. No, that's that's I basically mean. it. There's so. favorites, but I don't think we'd be shocked. So. And and at that point, finally, finally, the season will be over. That'll be it. I'm I'm yeah. gonna take like a couple weeks off for sure. I'm not gonna hear like, from us for a while. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna relax a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Just... At least take a week off. Week, week or two oh my off. gosh. Yeah. yeah. Although, then, like, I keep, the time, here's the thing. By the time we take two weeks off, it's going to be February. And what, what do we do in February, Tepper? Oh God. It's, it's magazine season. We send, are you, are you going to send questionnaires out to coaches a little bit late? Cause you, you usually try to send them out around tax day, right? Around Valentine's you, day. Yeah. You send the first batch out. Are you, are you going to wait a ne- wait a week this, this week, this week, this year? I might give gonna... myself an extra week. I might give coaches an extra week. They're probably sick of my nonsense too. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, there it is. The final episode of Tep and Step for the 2020-2021 season. Thanks for being at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Make sure you check out texasfootball.com slash state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is uh, where we got our entire giant state championship preview up right now. You can find it at texasfootball.com slash state. Thanks for, sticking uh, with yeah. this. Thanks for sticking with us this year. It's been, you know, yeah. it's, it's been a long season, but I mean, I think overall, I mean, I, my, my personal thoughts is I'm super glad that we got here. I mean, we, we weren't sure we'd get here. I'm happy for the kids. I'm happy for the communities that have gotten to play. And if it means, you know, if this meant us working a little harder this year and having a little bit longer season so the kids could play, you know, we're it's, yes. it's worth it. You know, so I'm, I'm I would entirely happy for agree. everyone. I would agree to that. I would also just say feel bad for us. Like, please, like, like pity us because sure. we have to talk about football for extra yeah, weeks. Tough. It's a tough job. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you later. Tap and step.